As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. We start with the lifestyle. I mean, the, the biggest thing for us first and foremost is, you know, long-term planning for retirement. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention FundNet Flip because FundNet Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. Familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then fund that flips the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and uh, well, I hope you're having a best ever day. And we have a wonderful guest with us today. How you doing, John Casman? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, nice to have you on the show. John is a part-time real estate investor who has a day job as a senior executive in the advertising industry. He began investing in 2012 and has accumulated 13 properties over worth over $1.5 million um, in multifamily properties. Uh, he recently has expanded and started doing some fix and flips, and he is based in Chicago, Illinois, 
Uh, John, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused yeah, on? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, you know, I invest with my wife first and foremost. So I think that, you know, one of the important things for, for me and my wife is to make sure we have a strong team around us. So we started investing back in 2012, started with a duplex that we used FHA financing for. Um, we lived in one unit, rented out the other unit. And then from there last year, we purchased a three flat and then an eight flat uh, just last month, actually. So for, for myself, you know, I work in an advertising full time at an agency and I realized with that first property, it was very difficult to execute all of the elements of being a landlord and looking for properties and raising funds and things of that nature uh, by myself. So we started to really lean heavily on the power of partnerships and then also building our team in the right way. So we own all of our properties ourselves, but we certainly leverage our team to help us execute a lot of the things we need to do. And I know, you know, I, I worked in the advertising industry uh, before I was doing real estate investing full time. I'm sure your hours, if they're anything like mine, when I worked at ad agencies, they were very long. Is that the case for you? Long hours and unpredictable is the biggest thing. You know, um, as far as my time in the office, that's a bit flexible. But, you know, I get calls at eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, six a.m., it really depends. There's some things that are urgent that require my attention. So a lot of the time I have to be very flexible. So I kind of work everywhere I am. Um, similar to, you know, being a landlord, you may get a call about something at any point in time, uh, but you try to create systems and try to train people on how to work with you, how to manage that schedule. So you can really take advantage of that and, and you know, delegate where necessary. You said you invest with your wife and you two started with a duplex and used FHA financing was there any um, convincing that needed to take place in order to do that? No, it's interesting. You know, a lot of the people I talk to, especially couples who are interested in investing or start just starting out, there seems to be a lot of uh, challenges in, in getting the, the the spouse on board with the plan. But you know, my wife has always been um, you know entrepreneurial in, in spirit, so she's always been excited about investing in real estate. Now, what we buy that was certainly the challenge. Uh, she certainly had a couple <laughs> neighborhoods in mind and, you know, a certain, amenity, a certain amenities that she wanted that weren't as important to me. So we certainly had many discussions about that. But we, we you know, we always aligned on the vision and what we wanted to build as a couple and what we want to, you know, create for our family. So that was the easy part is getting the line. The execution of that took a little bit more work. As far as aligning on the vision, what when you communicate the vision to each other or she to you or you to her, what do you say? Is it a monetary number? Is it we're doing this for a long term? Like what? What's that conversation? Look we start like? with the lifestyle. I mean, the, the biggest thing for us first and foremost is you know long term planning for retirement in the short and intermediate term. Um, I would love to become a full time investor. So part of what we're doing now is we've laid down the plans of what those numbers are that we need to be full time. Uh, myself starting out, and then um, shortly thereafter my wife becoming a full-time investor as well. So we've laid out what those numbers are that we need to hit, but then also what is the lifestyle we want to create for our family. So there are certain metrics and certain dollar amounts that we need to develop. But then also when you talk about the lifestyle, you know, I'm not as handy as I would like to be. You know, I'd love to be able to go in and be a rehabber who goes into a place and rips everything down myself and build it all up. That is just not who I am. And I learned that the hard way. So we really do rely on our team so it really is important for us to make sure we're completely aligned with that vision. So we do our goal setting on an annual basis. We'll review it every quarter and then we'll kind of readjust where necessary to make sure we're taking the appropriate steps to achieve those goals. 
when you readjust every quarter, do sometimes do you uh, lower the goal that you initially set? Yes, you know it happens. I mean, sometimes we don't we don't usually lower the goal as much as adjust what the goal was really about. So sometimes we have to say, hey, do we really need say ten thousand a month, or do we really need to create a situation where all of our bills are taken care of and we have enough money left over to pay for the things we want, whether that's an, whether that's one vacation or you know whatever those things may be. So sometimes we take a look at it there so we can reinforce the purpose behind the goal. Um, and if that requires us to adjust, then we'll do that. With the three flat, how soon after did you buy that um, after you bought the duplex? So we bought the duplex in two, then, uh Summer 2012, we bought the three flat last year. So we bought that in 2013. Uh, I'm sorry, in 2014, we purchased that. So we bought that in March. And we just, we had our our child the month later. So my son's 20 months old. We really wanted to have uh, another investment property before we had our son. So that was really kind of the the timeline there from a goal standpoint was making sure we got that in before she gave birth. Because I just imagine having a new child. Uh, would make it, make it extremely difficult to invest in a new property with without my partner. Well, first and foremost, congrats well, on the relatively new arrival. <laughs> thank you. With this three flat, how did you finance it and what do the numbers look like? Yes, yeah, so we did a traditional um, conventional loan, 30-year note. Uh, I think the, percent, the interest was 4.75%. Uh, so we put down 25%. Right now we cash flow about between 1000 and 1200 bucks a month total. Um, so really good numbers there as far as the cash flow goes per unit. And we're, we have a, a tenant in the the uh, first unit who actually handles a lot of the property maintenance. So he cuts the grass, he shovels the snow. So that's kind of, he gets a little bit of a discounted rate in rent. So that's really helped out tremendously since I don't have to run over there in these Chicago winters and shovel the snow every morning. couple questions on that. What is the rent for each of them? And then how much is his rent as a result of handling them property maintenance. Yep. So the, the the top floor gets fourteen twenty five in rent. The uh, the second floor gets fourteen hundred, and then his unit we rent at eight fifty with kind of that discounted rate. Um, I think the market rent would be around a thousand bucks without that. So he probably gets about a hundred hundred fifty bucks off a month. Do you have any uh, insurance or 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 liability coverage? Uh, since he's working on your property? So we, we have a, the liability insurance. Um, the way we've worked with him is more, you know, he, he doesn't get paid, so he's not an employee or anything like that. It's just more of a discount. And it's something that we kind of picked up an arrangement that he had with the, the previous owner. So we just kind of worked down with him in regards to some of the things that he does, but it's not written in contract per se. It's just kind of a, a verbal agreement. So we've talked to our insurance company, and they were comfortable as long as everything with the building was insured and that the tenants in regards to their own units and things had their own insurance. So you have you got a duplex in summer of 2012, mm-hmm. a three – you call it a three flat. <laughs> why do why you say three flat? You know, it's flat. a Chicago thing. I, you know, okay. I, I'm from <laughs> Ohio, so I'm a Clevelander. And being out here, just three flat is what everyone says. So I just picked up the terminology. I, and I'm sure some real estate person in Chicago knows exactly why that's the case, but I, I don't. Is it uh, three levels? No, it's or, just three no? units. I mean, it, it's the same okay. exact. It's three units. Uh, I don't know why the word flat is instead okay. of unit. Got it. All right. And then you put, picked up an eight flat or an eight unit. Uh, when did you do that? So we just closed on that last month, actually. So that one we closed on. It took a, it took about four months to get the deal done, but 
We closed on that last month. Um, similar, well, it's interesting financing there. I actually have a property management company in place to manage that one. As we talked about building our team, we realized that, you know, with eight units, this one has um, a few tenants who are on Section 8. And just going through the process with the government and the property is a little bit further away than um, our other two properties. So we wanted to tap into a, a property management firm to handle that. And they were actually able to get me better financing than what we already had in place. So they saved me about $36,000 up front. Um, I was originally going to get 4.8%, a five-year balloon over 25 years. And they actually got me a, um, a five-year balloon over 30 years uh, with no points at a 4.5% interest rate. So they saved me about $36,000 and about $2,000 annually. Wow. Uh, how'd you find them? So, um, you know, I started reaching out to uh, a few people to get recommendations. So we talked to our agent first and foremost, and we got about three or four recommendations. And I went on and reached out to um, kind of the, the bigger pockets network and got a recommendation in regards to um, property managers. And one of the guys I spoke to, he said, hey, I don't invest in that area, but I know someone who does. And he's really good from a property management standpoint. So I reached out to him. And then called his references, you know, and he was really excited about it. Um, They're, you know, a smaller company and they were really, you know, jazzed up about taking on the property and the references all worked out well. So it, it worked out well. And again, he, he was really adamant about helping us build our business. You know, for us, it's not about just hiring contractors or vendors. We're looking for partners. We're looking for partners to help us build our business. So we're really looking at people that we're hoping to do business with over the next three or five years. And, you know, as we looked at everyone, they they were definitely the right company to partner with as far as not just this property, but as we continue to build on our business. Is that eight unit in Chicago? It is. What's the fee structure you set up with the property management company? So they get 8% on um, total collected rents, and then they'll get the first month's rent. Um, what we've done is we've actually put in a clause to uh, come back and take a look at that 8% after the first six months. So we'll continue to evaluate that. If the work is a little bit less than what they anticipated, we're going to bring that down. And if it's more, then we'll just kind of keep it fly where it is right now. Okay. And then if a resident renews, is there any fee for that? No. 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 Okay. And what about maintenance or work orders, just whatever they're being charged by the vendors if they can't do it themselves? Correct. So they they have their own um, maintenance side of the company. So they will manage most of the maintenance, but it's going to be pretty much at their cost. And then uh, are you paying for their, since they have their own employees, are you paying for their workers' comp, employee insurance, miscellaneous, things like no, that? No. So we, we signed into kind of indemnification as a part of our clause. So all of that is on them. Um, so we are not liable for any of that workers' comp or things like that. With the duplex, the three flat, and the eight, eight unit, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm using flat and unit interchangeably now. The timing's interesting to me. You started in 2012. Then you got a three-unit 2014, and then in the winter of 2015, you close on eight. Are you intentionally waiting about a year, and is that just you save up money and then you buy the, ne- the next one type thing? Yeah, no, it's interesting. We, we are, it's more saving up the money, but what happened is when we purchased the second unit, we realized, hey, you know what? This is going to take forever to hit our goals. You know, to mm-hmm. sit there and save up 25% down it just takes a long time when you're talking about the Chicago market and talking about properties in the you know, three to $400,000 range. So what we really started to do was get a little bit more creative. And as we talked about that, 
we realized that we built and we built up a lot of equity into our first property. So we took out a line of credit for $100,000 and got that open. So we opened up more financing. So we actually used that line of credit as a down payment on the eight unit building. So from there, I mean, it's really a matter of getting more creative in the financing. You know, we're starting now to raise funds and raise capital, uh, getting into the flips primarily so we can really drive our, our apartments. We really want to buy, purchase more apartments and you make that kind of the focal point of the business. But recognizing, you know, us sitting around and saving our money each pay period, is, it's just a slow train. So we're just finding ways to escalate that so we can do more deals. With that eight unit, how much did you pay for it? So we bought it for $628,000. We got an $18,000 credit from the seller. There are some items in regards to our due diligence process that we felt needed to be corrected. Um, so we financed around $502,000 of it and then used um, 100K in regards to the line of credit. And then I think another, uh, what, fifteen dollars to $20,000, whatever the balance is, out of our own funds. Who did the due diligence for that property? So we did the due diligence and then we worked with our attorney and then we also worked with um, our property management firm since they had a lot of experience in not only purchasing, rehabbing, but then managing. So we worked with them as far as going over the numbers. So we kind of had about, I guess, three different entities taking a look at everything in regards to the numbers and the books, but then also going and doing an inspection. So we had an inspector come out and do a full inspection of the property. Um, and then the bank itself put out another appraiser and another inspector to come out and take a look at it. How did you find your inspector? So, um, I found my inspector actually through, uh, some meetup groups. So my meeting, you know, going to meetup groups, networked with a lot of people. Um, he's actually one of the guys who organized the meetup group and he did an excellent job of just getting people together. Um, we were planning on working with him on our first flip. Uh, but the way, the way we were looking for the flip wasn't the best and we, we really never find a proper, found a property that made sense. But he also is an inspector, so he, he knows the properties really well. So we brought him out to take a look, and he handled that part of it for us. With that inspector and, um, I mean, the different team members that you have, the attorney, the property management company, uh, how were you able to coordinate that with your your full-time job? Yeah, so, you know, it's the, the good thing about my full-time job is I have – flexibility in how I get the work done. Um, you know, I manage an, you know, an agency, I manage creatives, I manage clients, we manage our creative product that we put out. Um, and again, it's not as much a, a nine to five job as it is a, this is everything that needs to be done, get it done. Um, and there's certain timelines for when those things need to happen. So I have some flexibility in when I can take calls, but a lot of it is done via email. So email is really, you know, the way we do most of our communication. I try to introduce the team members so our attorney knows the agent, the attorney knows um, the property management company. So sometimes if it's things that can easily be sent or a file that can be sent, um, you know, they'll copy me. But I try to encourage them to share information or at least have conversations where all the various parties know what's needed. Um, but I stay focused, you know, I email, I'm, I'm glued to my phone. My wife has a problem with it, but you know, I have my phone with me pretty much at all times. So I can quickly check an email, forward it, respond to it, um, and, and make sure things keep moving. So with, with the eight unit, how long did it take you to find it once you started searching? Uh, well, it took a minute, you know, we, we started looking and I want to say we started looking in like April and May and we found the six unit building that we liked and we actually had a contract, a verbal agreement to. And there was a problem with the seller. You know, the seller was really adamant about a couple of things that didn't seem very significant. 
And our agent kind of started growing concerned and kind of let us know some of the other things he had said off the record to him. And we just got uncomfortable. Like what? Well, he was just, you know, basically he was pushing the agent to make us agree to his price. And, hey, the agent will make his commission. Doesn't he want to get paid? So, you know, the agent kind of told us what he was saying. And, you know, between that, he wanted more money in the earnest money. And we just felt that we just felt uncomfortable with him. The deal actually made a ton of sense. And we were very comfortable with the property itself and the deal. But with the seller, we just felt that maybe there were numbers that were inaccurate or, you know, once we got into the due diligence, he might try to fight us on those things or, the, or you know, giving us the earnest money back in case things really fell apart. So we ended up pulling out of that deal. You know, we ended up just not moving forward there. So it took another, I would say, eight weeks or so until we came across this eight unit. And it wasn't in our one of our ideal neighborhoods. So it, it kind of took a little bit more research on the area where the property was located. Um, it's 30 minutes away, so it's still kind of in that that close criteria for us, but it wasn't in one of the neighborhoods we were focusing in. So it just took a little bit more time to get to know that area a little bit better, go out there, do a little bit more site visits and check out the property itself. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? So if you're, if you're like me and investing part-time, your team is going to be critical. And it really comes down to treating it like a business and growing it like a business and building an all-star team. It's not about just getting people to play a role. It's not about just having an attorney or just having a CPA. You need those rock stars who are going to help make you money and save you money at any chance to get. And how have you found them? I mean, you've mentioned a couple ways, meetup groups, uh, networking, bigger pockets. Is, is that how you found them? The majority of them. My first, um, my first, the, the two flat that we purchased, we you know, we found an agent basically from Google. We were Googling trends. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were Googling trends in Chicago and neighborhood trends and which neighborhoods were going to be the best and, and, you know, analytics and things like that. And this guy's website popped up. And my wife said, hey, I found this guy. He's interesting. Well, I met with him and came to find out that he was an agent. He was a contractor. Um, and, you know, he was a flipper. So we said, hey, well, this guy would be great because he'll be able to come into a place with us and point out things that we won't see and he'll be able to fix it for us. So he was really our first team member and we still work with him to his day. But what we've done is we realized that, you know, that jack of all trades approach works great when you're starting out. Um, but as you get sharper, when you're looking at a commercial eight unit building in a specific neighborhood, you need an agent that knows that neighborhood and has the ins and outs of being able to find a property that's off marketing who can bring it to you. So, you know, from there, it's really about refining the team. We started with, you know, he gave us a lot of his team members. He gave us his broker. He gave us his attorney. He gave us, you know, obviously he was our contractor. But from there, we basically worked with everyone and everyone that we've realized, you know, maybe there are some better people out there that we can get or if we weren't satisfied with the process in some way. We've refined or we found people who can execute and, and do the job a little bit better for us. But our attorneys are the same attorney we've had since we started. Um, so we, you know, we try not to change team members, but I think it's really important to continue to analyze as you grow with what you're trying to do. You know, everybody can't grow with you. You have to find team members who can help you build your business. So it's important to look three, five years down the road and say, is this person going to be there next to me in five years? Or is this somebody who's only going to be here for this deal right here today? What's an example of a team member or examples of team members that you've initially had on board, but you've realized that they don't have the ability to grow with you and where you want to go? Yeah, our, our agents is probably the biggest one. Um, you know, we started with 
um, one agent. And as the market heated up, you know, it just became difficult because he wasn't an, a full-time agent. He was, he's a contractor. So he has properties and deals and rehabs going all across the city. So we really needed to find something that wasn't on MLS. I mean, last summer, the market got really hot and things were flying off of the MLS basically the moment they were posted. So we realized, hey, in order for us to really do this, we need to have someone who is in real estate and not just in real estate, but really a full-time agent who is privy to deals, privy to markets, who can help us quickly analyze something and bring us something potentially off market. So, you know, we spoke to him about it. We're, we're pretty open with our partnerships because we want to make sure that we're building with people. And he still plays a really important role for us on our team. But we found another agent who who had that, and that's what she delivered. And the three unit we purchased was actually a pocket listing from one of her other clients who was looking to sell. So, I mean, that's kind of how we got that deal. And I'll tell you, uh, the flip side of that story is as we were looking to do our first flip, you know, we went to that same agent who sold us that second unit or the second property. And we told, hey, I, I don't know if you invest in flips or if you're familiar with flips. We're looking to do it in some of the near suburbs. Um, if not, would you recommend an agent? So she recommended her mom. Her mom mm-hmm. grew up in Skokie and knew the area very well. And she, you know, advised me that she would be a great agent. I had my hesitations. Um, and we sat down, we met, and she assured me that she could get me a great flip property. And we went out and every property she showed me was nowhere near what we needed it to be for a flip. And there were properties she wouldn't show us to say, oh, you don't want to see that property. It's too bad. I'm like, no, do you not understand? <laughs> And like, I want terrible. That's what we're trying to do here. So I just realized at that point, you know, it's it's really important to trust your gut. And as you're building a team members, you have to get people who know exactly what it is you're trying to do. So if, if they haven't done a flip or if they haven't managed flips for clients or found, you know, these type, types of properties for clients, they're probably not the people you should have on your team. So as we're doing our flip, that team is really different than the teams we have for our buy and holds. You ready for the best ever life? Let's do it. All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Would you like to invest in real estate while also living a balanced life? Well, yeah, that sounds nice, right? Go check out our best ever guest, Chad Carson's newsletter. And by the way, it's episodes 457, really good episode. Um, He talks in his newsletter all about real estate, entrepreneurship, and life. Uh, So his website is Coach Carson, C-O-A-C-H-C-A-R-S-O-N.com. And there's also a free investor toolkit as well at Coach Carson. Best ever book you've read. All right. The best ever book I've read is The Power of Focus. It's by Jack Canfield. Mark Victor Hansen and Les Hewitt. It's interesting. My wife jokes with me all the time because I've actually never finished reading the book. <laughs> I've had this book for probably about 13 years. The, the reason is the, that there's there's major irony. <laughs> there's so much irony. You, ha- you haven't completed the book called The Power of Focus. The, the irony is ridiculous. But here's the thing. The book is so good. I can't read a chapter without putting it down and taking the action steps. And, start, and my mind just gets going so much that I can't just keep reading it. So my wife read it and I'm like, wait, how did you just read it? Like, I can't read a chapter without getting so excited. And I have to stop reading to go grab a pen and paper and start writing out all the thoughts that start flowing from my mind. So it's just a great book for me to reference and go to and pull out some things or, you know, when I'm hitting a a wall on where we should be going with our business or, you know, how do I, you know, achieve certain goals? 
it's really a great reference for me to get focused on what we need to do and it helps me kind of kill the white noise and stay focused on what we're really trying to get accomplished. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? Um, I think really, you know, when we had our, our, our first vacancy in our two, in our two flat, um, we try to do the, the turnover ourselves completely. So we laid down new floors in the kitchen and I tried to lay down um, some new uh, tile in the closet and it just went miserable. I mean, it was 2 a.m. at this point. I was completely oh. exhausted. I messed up. I actually did not measure properly. So the tiles were, I, I just messed it up completely. And my wife was very daring and, you know, didn't get upset and yell at me because we ended up spending another hour on that and only got two and a half hours of sleep that night. But I just realized, again, that it's really important to build a team. You can't try to do everything. Focus on your strengths and go from there. Best ever deal you've done? Uh, it's a combination between the first deal and the third deal for different reasons. The first deal, from an appreciation standpoint, we were able to appreciate that property by about $165,000. Um, in just less than what two years. So I mean that deal worked out extremely well And I'll say this last one because it really is turnkey in a way I mean we've got property managers. We've got an entire team that's managing it So my job is really to manage them I've laid out the vision for the property and what I expect to do, but we'll be managing the cash flow of it um, Without having to do a whole lot of heavy lifting ourselves So I think for different reasons that first deal and that third deal are kind of my two favorites what is the vision for the eight unit? Uh, the eight units too. We're gonna. There's some opportunities to drive and increase the dollars. So we're gonna increase rents. We can get rents up a little bit there um, in each one of the the units. But then also there are some additional opportunities. So we're gonna add in a washer and dryer, coin coin operated washer and dryers. Uh, we're gonna. We have a parking pad that you know no one really uses right now. So we're gonna charge for that. And you know the tenants who have cars, they can they can use that. So we have a couple other things we're gonna do. There are two units that right now are two bedroom units that actually have a lot of space. When those units become vacant, we're gonna transform those into three bedroom units and we can increase the rents about 400 to $500 per unit there. So we'll do all of that within the next 12 to 18 months. And my projections are you know, after that 18 month time period, we should be you know, bringing in an additional you know, 15 to $20,000 from this property annually. Best ever way you like to give back? You know, I love um, being a mentor and also just, you know, being around younger people who are looking to find their way. Um, it's interesting because, you know, 12 years ago, I was, you know, a kid fresh out of school who was looking to find ways to, you know, achieve my goals. All I knew is I loved advertising and I wanted to work in real estate. Um, so you fast forward and I somehow, you know, fell into this space where I'm able to do those two things. And when I see people who have that kind of spark or that kind of desire, you know, wherever I can mentor and give back, I try to. We have a, uh, a respite care facility in Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm from. My family kind of owns and operates where we, uh, we help out young adolescent males between the ages of 12 and 17. So I try to stay somewhat involved in, in that. And then also I'm a part of the Chicago Urban League. So you know, we try to really help empower and provide financial um, and economic empowerment for families in the city of Chicago. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Not focusing on the different ways you can finance and drive creative financing for real estate. I mean, 2012, there were so many great deals in great neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. And if I could go back, I would have explored various options to get as much of that as I can. Because right now, everything is, you know, Priced, uh, priced a lot higher than it was in 2012. And what's the best ever place for the best ever listeners to reach you? Uh, the best place is either on Bigger Pockets. You can just search my name, John Kasman, or you can email me at jkasman at hotmail.com. Yes, I still use Hotmail. 
<laughs> I was going to yes, make a joke. Yes, I'll that. beat you to it. Hot mess. Yes. <laughs> it works still. I think you almost like you, you're proud of using Hotmail because no, you, you you proactively bring it up before I have a chance to say something. You know what it is? Is I, I'm used to it. And people are, Hotmail. What is it? Nineteen. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I have the same phone number I've had since my sophomore year in college uh, on my cell phone, and I have the same email address. So there is no excuse to not to you know not get in touch with me. You have the number. If you ever had the number, you have the number. You have the email. You have the email. I use the same thing. I make it pretty easy for everyone. Well, John, I anticipate uh, many best ever listeners reaching out to you, especially those who uh, want to build their real estate portfolio in a and they have a full time job, uh, but they want to build it strategically um, and methodically. And I think that that's what you've done. I mean, you mentioned the 2012 uh, all shucks, where you wish you could have gotten some creative financing because there were a lot of a lot of deals, but. Uh, even with that being said, I mean you have fourteen or thirteen units valued over one point five million, and it's been only quote unquote three years. So uh, amazing start, and some some interesting lessons along the way that during our conversation. One is when you're investing with a significant other, first and foremost, align on the vision. And what you do, what you two do, is you do it on an annual basis, and then you readjust quarterly. Uh, you focus on the numbers you need to hit combined with the lifestyle design. Uh, so the lifestyle that you two want to have. Uh, as far as how you got going, I mean, love the story about the duplex, you know, traditional duplex, uh, FHA financing. So it sounds like you bought it with uh, equity going into it, which is great. Because uh, now, as you said later in our conversation, it's got $165,000 worth of equity in less than two years. The three unit, uh, that was an off-market deal, a pocket listing. You found that by evolving your your team members and finding another one that made more sense. So that's, that's another lesson to continually evolve and have those team members. And the ones who you start out with might not be the ones you end with. They've got to be aligned with, again, the vision. I think perhaps it boils down you know, to the alignment on the vision for um, all of this, not just you know the conversations you have with your wife, with your, your own goals. Uh, and then the eight flat, uh, I love how you went through the different value add components there at the very end as far as uh, raising rents a little bit, uh, then also washer and dryer, paid washer and dryers, a parking pad. And you've got a couple two-bedroom units with some extra space. You convert them into three-bedroom and charge $400 more. Uh, and uh, then thanks for the book recommendation. I will check it out. And um, I've never had anybody in probably 500 episodes um, say that their favorite book is one they haven't finished. <laughs> uh, and let alone it be a book called The Power of Focus. But uh, understand now where you're coming from. And I will be buying that one and, and reading it myself. And best ever listeners will have a link to that in the show notes page. Um, and then lastly, I'll mention uh, one thing that is uh, through came, came up throughout the conversation is focusing on what you're good at, focusing on your strengths and building a team around you. And case in point, whenever you tried to start doing the, the, the dirty work on the vacancy with the two unit, and laying down tile, it just think it's just it's not your skill set. It's not mine either. We both it sounds like very quickly realized that. 
Uh, and, and really, it's a matter of focusing on what we're good at and our strengths. So thank you so much for being on the show. It's just a wonderful conversation. Looking forward to staying in touch and hope you have the best of week. Sounds good. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. Familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Would you like to invest in real estate while also living a balanced life? Well, yeah, that sounds nice, right? Go check out our best ever guest, Chad Carson's newsletter. And by the way, it's episode 457, really good episode. Um, He talks in his newsletter all about real estate, entrepreneurship, and life. Uh, So his website is Coach Carson, C-O-A-C-H-C-A-R-S-O-N.com. And there's also a free investor toolkit as well at Coach Carson.